Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the founder of Mission USA. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's go. Very wow. energetic. Yeah. Also doing it is Jed Brew, the director of Mission USA Productions. You feel like you're going to be able to sustain that level of energy? Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Already waiting. Uh, uh, Let's just do it. It's not okay. like you're running out of batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of those old, t- yeah, those old talking toys. With the- it's all of Edinburgh records to see why the pastor crashed me to church, Lee Younger. That intro reminded me of something from the Bridge Loud that happened this past week where Matt admitted to typing his name wrong in an email. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. And the other hosts were trying to guess how Matt misspelled his name, and they brought up map and maybe right. math. But here's what I was thinking when I was listening to the episode was, did Matt accidentally type the word mate, showing his inner desire to be married? Oh, wow. Well done, sir. Yes. At two, Lee. Well, I I can (laughs) tell you that. that Freudian typing. Yeah. (laughs) That I did miss, if if you don't listen to Bridge Loud, it comes out every Friday on podcast form, and also catch it at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Call FM every Sunday, and 3.30 a.m. if you're... A vampire, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Saturday and Sunday on Q Rock, one hundred point seven here in the Chicagoland area. Um, we were, were discussing that I did, and it was to a, a listener to the podcast. Somebody emailed on the podcast. And I, as I often do, if you've written in, if if it, in our recording schedule, we we don't record them kind of every week. So occasionally I'll say, "Sounds great. We will we'll answer that on a show, but it might be a couple weeks." So I'll give you just a couple of little bullet points to, if you want to work on that. In the meantime, as a little bit late at night, and I type thanks, then I hit send. And I realized I misspelled my first name. Yeah. As those of you playing along at home, my first name is Matt. <laughs> now. <laughs> well, to be fair, it is fairly complicated. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And uh, my, my illustrious co-host here, as, as Lee points out, guessed ways that basically were trying to give me the benefit of the autocorrect there. Right. Like, you know, map. Yeah, right, you right. know these type of thing, math. Yes, I, I no, I just forgot to type the second T in my name. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, sometimes it's hard to remember both T's. Yeah, sure. there's a lot going on here. Yeah, no, you're you're a busy man. Yeah, you don't have time for extra T's at the end. <laughs> here's here's the real the real mind being part. I don't know which T I left out. Well, yes. Ooh, wow. Let that's, let that work on your mind. That's yeah. philosophical, right yeah, there. Deep. No doubt. Well. We, Outside of uh, our digital communications involving maybe maybe they're not the most professional at times, as that story illustrates. Yeah, we sure. are trying to turn it around on some fronts, Ooh. and one of those includes our Facebook page. Ah, so the bridge does mm. have a Facebook page where you can uh, we stuff post stuff like the Bridge Loud, the Bridge Podcast, uh, quotes, images, blog posts. Um, say that stuff will be up there. Uh, recently, we had an adorable video of Jed leading children's worship. It's true. Yeah. yeah. The bridge kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kids is spelled with a Z. That's right. It's edgy. Is it spelled with a Z? Yes. I it, believe it all is. All the official literature, it is spelled with a Z. Would <laughs> you have comments on that, Jet, on Glenn? No, I think Do you think it's, that's like weird or something? I think it's great. Yeah. Really? You sure? <laughs> yeah. Glenn's wife both runs and named the children's ministry. That's right. And I think teaching children to misspell <laughs> what they are is great. <laughs> <laughs> meetings, meetings. Yeah, there's going to be a meeting. But all that said, 
we we uh, we're we're it's all going nicely over there. We're, we're as as a recording, we're just short of forty five hundred followers, which is nice for us and lovely folks coming on board and, and liking and, and engaging. And here here's here's my pitch. Yeah, why you should you should click on head on over to facebook.com slash the bridge Chicago. Hit hit the like button and get a little of that in your feed because you know how everything on Facebook is awful. Oh yeah. yes, I do. Yes. The Bridge Facebook page, not awful. Ooh, oh. that's the thing I like about it. And on that basis, I declare an emergency. Okay. Wow. Okay. Because here's what I'm saying. Uh, people, every, everybody listening to this podcast, take a knee. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're driving in your car, pull over, take a knee. Okay. <laughs> it's important to do them the, that order. If you're on public transportation, maybe you know, riding the tube. Sure. sure. In London. Yes. Take a knee. Not on the I'm, floor, though. Take a knee on the seat. Don't put your sure. knee on the floor. That's bad. What if I'm like doing dishes and I've got like a little Bluetooth speaker that's playing the podcast? What do I do then? Right. Take a knee. Okay. Everybody take a knee. <laughs> okay. No exceptions. We got to talk about the social medias. Okay. Wow. Okay. Ah. This is, this is, and, and I, and I say this with love. Okay. And I say this to be encouraging. That's almost always a preface to meanness. <laughs> almost all of you are doing horrible things on social media. There we go. Well, that is true. I'm starting here, Grandpa, with the all caps. That's over. Now. Well, that's, that's, I do want to clarify before we launch into this rant proper, yeah. Glenn. Our audience, listening audience, is mainly younger folks. Yeah. Meaning they're not the ones who are making Facebook awful. Right. They are suffering through Facebook with the rest of us. Yes. So... When we say you're the ones who are making this awful, yeah, what we mean Your is church people over the age of forty-five. That you know, well, it, 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 that is true. I, I think we do have to categorize. That's yes. that's a, that's a smart observation because we don't want to generalize here. We don't want to trade and crass generalizations. Yeah, this is there are young people use social media as a way to like uh, interact with people around the world and have the uh, in communications at the speed of light sure if you are over the age of 45 social media is the is a device that's designed for people from earlier in your life to haunt you (laughs) every old girlfriend will find you and haunt you and you will say oh oh Oh, it's great to hear from you. We we may have traded generalization for too much specificity at this point from Glenn. Here's what I'm saying. Uh, you, you, here's just I'm going to put this out there. Please Where's do this from a jumping off standpoint. Ah, sure, we got to start somewhere. You're you type something out. Yep, and you're going to hit enter. Yes, and when you hit the enter key, here's what happens. It goes out there. Right, and there's no no taking it back. Yes, you know what I mean. It can't come back up the tube. You send it down the tube. That's right. Before you hit the enter, pull back. Yeah. Push back from the old keyboard. Yeah. Lean lean back in your chair. Maybe stare into the middle distance. Yes. And ask yourself, would anyone in the world want to hear this? Mm. Wow. Mm. Would this be uplifting, encouraging, pleasant, enjoyable? Entertaining. Entertaining. Or or is this just Awful. Just, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, I think that is the key. If I could sum up what we want 
the, the people who are making Facebook terrible. Yeah. And this applies to Twitter and Instagram, but it really applies to Facebook. Is As you're pointing out, and it seems to be lost on certain people, this thing that you're typing this into, that you're pressing enter, it goes out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you just want a container for your crazed rantings. Right. You go down to the bookstore. Buy a diary. Buy a little journal. A right. moleskin, maybe. Ah, yes. Very oh. classy. Yeah. And write your deranged ramblings in that. Yes. Right. Yes. And then no one knows. Yeah. Right. And we can all continue in the pleasant delusion. Fiction delusion is the right word that all these people at church are probably nice, normal people. Sure. Who right. have nice, normal opinions <laughs> and just think pleasantly and go home and stop existing. In my right. mind, I see him. I think, Jim at the church, he's a real nice guy. And then he goes home. I'll never have to think about him. Yeah. see him next Sunday. Right. But now I know too much of the inner workings of his mind. Right. And that's not good. I know too much of his opinions of all major political events, sporting contests, and television situations. Right. And that's too much. Right. I'm, I'm, here's how bad we've gotten. Here's, here's how low we've sunk. There are legalistic things that were put on me as a kid that I'm realizing actually really super apply to situations. <laughs> that, like, you've, you've gotten so bad, in a sense, you're redeeming legalism. Wow. All right. To that point, wow. two things. First, the Bible says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Right. This, that don't mean swearing. That don't mean swearing. This applies to social media. Right. Yeah. Seriously. How much of the stuff that you're posting or sharing is wildly unwholesome, as in right. all it's doing is tearing other people sure. down? Right. Only what is good for building up. Only what is good for building up. And here's the other one, and I'm going to back away from the mic. This is from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Right. If you are talking, if you're spreading unfounded rumors about people, you are violating the Ten Commandments. Right. And this brings us now, brothers and sisters, to believe it or not, our number one problem with social media and it's pastors using social media. Dude. Uh. If you want to kill a good two straight hours, put us in a room and say, pastors on social media, go. And we can go nonstop for two straight hours. <laughs> Never touch the same thing twice. Here's what it is. You communicate for a living. This has got to be, you got to be better at it than this. But it's like, bless them. And, you know, these are people I love. These are people I work to try and help and to nurture. And, to, and let's to be clear. Yeah, we're talking about good people. Yes. Who yes. have ministry skills. Yes. Are doing good work. Right. In the real world. Yes. In the flesh realm. That's right. And then they appear to be some form of a drunken sailor person, no. like a deranged, like <laughs> they, they, they type stuff into social media as if they had just taken a severe blow to the head. <laughs> Yes. Well, here, here's, and we've discussed this before. <laughs> Every stereotype that, like, you would see on, like, a, a news magazine scare story about teenagers and social media, that is pastors. Yes. Right. There's oversharing. There's yes. gossiping. There's <laughs> well, just rambling it, on things you don't know anything in, about. In, insecurity on parade. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Looking for validation, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's about 25% of those posts, though. About I'm going to say 25. 
that I don't even know what this means. Yeah. What is this person even trying to say? Yes. Like, is drawing a connection between some, like, taking a bold stance, only I don't even know what. I don't know what, what your stance is, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, you know, a, a lot of people saw this movie and they thought this, but I think this is like, I, what, what are you, I don't even know what Why you're trying to Why are you doing this? Yeah. I don't, I, I can't even figure out what we're talking about here. Well, and th- this is tangential to that, but it is something people do. It's definitely something pastors do. And it's almost the opposite of what you're saying, but it's just as awful, which is the sharing the link to the article with no other context or comment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of that. Just a link feed. to a weird piece from the Atlantic. Right. That has nothing to do with anything. That's right. And just, you can see the facial expression of, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really putting it out there. Just blew you away. You know what we ought to we ought we ought to do is 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 see if we could get something to catch fire, which would be the the thirty day pleasantry uh challenge. Oh you can only know. share something on social media if it's pleasant. Yes. Hmm. Thirty days. And then just see what happens. It's the not a jerk dare. I think it's terrific. Yeah. No, I, I, th- this is one of our, this is one of our major things is, uh, people doing the same stuff on social media that you wouldn't do or say in real life, right? As if social media is an alternate reality, you know. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying with the bearing false witness, right? right? We know a lot of people where they would not go around just telling lies about other people in real life. Right, right, they, right. They, they would recognize that's wrong. That's being uh, spreading rumors right, as bad right. as is no good. Online. But, but reblogging it is, is, is reblogging somebody else is telling a lie. Well, that's different. Exactly. You know? that's exactly. Plus, I don't like this person's politics. Yeah, they're the devil. Right. You know, they, no, see, they lied. I just reblogged it. Exactly right. No, that's. Or reposted or re, you know, shared it. That's you lying too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. You know. But uh, uh, so just. Just, uh, just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> the rare case in which that is the proper ministry advice. Feel bad and stop it. That's right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, think of something encouraging. Type that out. Or, that's good. Or, or if you can't, nothing. That's that's another. Here's what you could do. You could read everyone else's feed and just say really nice things. Yep. Towards yep. them. On their thing. There's a little. You don't even have to type it. There's a little button with a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> thumbs up that's, to you, friend. That that's always an option. Yeah. And on that basis, I declare emergency off. Very well done. Yes. I and here here's what I think I've pinpointed. What I think we're trying to do with the Bridge Facebook page that makes it good. What you'll get is you'll get uh, uh you'll get some songs. You'll get the podcast um links and videos of the podcast. You'll get quotes and. Uh, answers to questions that people have written in, some occasional, you know, a nice image with maybe a quote or a Bible verse or whatever on it. Here's what you don't get. Opinions. Ooh. We are middle-aged white men not offering opinions on this Facebook page. And isn't that just a bit of magic? You know it is. Also, what you'll get is a lot of um, uh, Bridgebox stuff. It's a great place to get uh, Bridgebox previews. So uh, the music we put up, the Bible studies... Uh, every month we have a story of what the Bridgebox Sport has helped us do with getting folks jobs, getting them hooked up with housing, and all sorts of 
great stuff. If you want a good taste of what Bridgebox is all about, uh, if you click like on the Facebook page, uh, you'll get that delivered right into your feed. And you can also sign up once you do that at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. All right. We're going to go to our first question here. If you have all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can touch this. First question comes in anonymously, and it says, They say that God speaks to our hearts through a still, quiet voice, but I don't always listen, and I want to know how I can hear it more. And Lee, why don't you start us off? What a cool question. Um, love that you wrote this in. This is the kind of stuff that we um, are happy to talk to folks about and love to, to, uh, to talk about. It, it's oddly one of those things that for a lot of folks in Christian culture, they don't ask about it or bring it up because it's assumed that you should just be able to do this. Um, that everybody that has a relationship with the Lord um, is just going to be experts at this. And, and what happens in the midst of that is um, when we don't really know what's going on here, or we don't really have this experience, or we don't really know how to have um, you know a time with the Lord where we're where we're getting some leading from Him and and kind of figuring out what this what this looks like, what this feels like is it's very, very easy to have a lot of emotions about this. So I think a really basic place to start and one basic step is to, before you try to start listening to the voice of the Lord, is to identify whatever emotions you have about this whole prospect, because you're bound to have some. So for instance, if you, before you even get started, if you have a feeling like, I should probably be better at this, um, and therefore I am bad or therefore I suck, you know, in some way, because I don't know what I'm doing with this whole listening to the Lord thing. Well, that, that feeling and that sense of shame that I should be better at this by now in my walk with the Lord, that's not going to help. That's only going to get in the way. And so what we want to do is when you, when you find a, an emotion that you have about hearing the voice of the Lord, we want to take that straight to the Lord and talk to him about that piece and get some freedom from the shame on that um, and, and give yourself a lot of grace. It's very easy for people to feel like, well, the reason that I don't experience hearing the voice of the Lord is because I have all these sins and stuff. I have these specific sins and we all know what they are. And so because of that, then I'm not experiencing the voice of the Lord. Well, there again, we take that emotion straight to the Lord, talk to him about that piece. And and this is where we can get, get encouragement from him about how he already knows everything that we're ever going to do, uh, everything that we've ever done. He has forgiven all of it in... Um, and Jesus paying for all of that stuff, it's very easy to to have um, have the kind of emotion that would say, like, I'm sure that everybody else that I know is way better at this than I am. And so there's another thing for me to feel bad about. And so you get the idea. You're going to have a lot of feelings about this whole prospect before the thing even gets started. And so what we need to do is we need to to try to figure out everything that we're feeling on this, take that straight to the Lord, talk to him about it, and give yourself a lot of grace. Give yourself a lot of just freedom knowing that the Lord is not disappointed in you in this. There is no should that you should be in a certain place by now. We don't have to do the comparison piece. You're not in trouble um, because of, you know, certain sins or whatever, and God is just giving you the silent treatment like, you know, uh, grandma so-and-so or whatever. That's not the way he operates. But we're bound to feel some of those things if we're on the new on some of these types of deals. And then, um, 
once we can kind of get some of those emotions out and work through some of that shame and some of that weirdness and some of that competitiveness or comparison, then we can start to kind of calm down about this whole deal and take some time to get some reps in taking specific questions to the Lord and listening for his answer, listening for his leading, uh, paying attention to the way that that he's kind of steering us left or right, or yes or no, or whatever that situation is. We can start to get the reps, but first we've got to deal with some of these emotions, some of the shame, guilt, comparison, that kind of stuff that's only going to get in the way. So let's start by identifying what the emotions are and taking those straight to the Lord and try to get some clarity on that. And then we're going to be able to get some good reps in. That's really outstanding stuff. I really like that idea of you have to of taking it to the Lord. I think that's great. That's you have to have a place this conversation to start. And Jed, I'd love to to get you to basically pick us up there because I think one of the misconceptions that Lee's pointing to that people who have not done a lot of listening to the Lord have is that the way you get there is to become an empty vessel, free yourself of all thought and all desire. And if this is starting to sound like a different religion, yep, that's you're picking up on that. But there's this idea of in order to listen to the Lord, I must. I must just become it, like quietness means void. Essentially, mm-hmm. I must have try to purge all thought and opinion of myself that I have, and then and only then can God enter that space. And that's uh, wrong to the point of being almost diametrically opposed to the way it actually works. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hear a lot when I talk with Christians, and and you know, it's just me and one other person, and and they're going through a rough time. They're trying to sort things out. One of the things I hear a lot is some variation on the phrase, you know, I just want, I want God's will. I just want to submit my will to him. I want to submit my desires to him. And I just, and I'm struggling. Well, here's the funny thing is on one level, that's great. I mean, that's really awesome. You know, that's, that's a big part of what it means to follow Jesus is to say, not my will, but yours be done. And I mean, Jesus literally modeled that for us. But now here's the funny thing. Let's actually look at the story of Jesus in the garden first. He says, Father. If it is possible, let this cup be taken away from me. Right. Yet, not what I will, but your will be done. There's something very important that happened there we need to make note. Jesus had a desire. He had a thing that he wanted to see happen that he was clear on. Then he said, Lord, I want your will, not my will to be done. Mm. I think the problem for so many of us is we go to God without figuring out what it is we want first. And we try and say, not what I want, just what you want. The difficulty with that is it's really, really hard to hear God tell you what he wants when you don't know what you want. Really, really, really hard. I think that for a lot of us, we feel like we don't really need to worry about what we want because it's probably not very good or very Christian. Mm. Um, so just you can just skip that step and we'll just get right on to the thing that God wants. But it doesn't work that way. And again, let's re- actually return to the, the story of Jesus there. Jesus had a clear desire that he wanted, and it was not the thing that God wanted for him. We know Jesus didn't sin. Therefore, there can be nothing sinful about being clear on the outcome you want to see happen, right. even when it's different from the outcome that God the Father wants to see happen. We need to be crystal clear on that. Because I think we it's easy for us to get to think of me wanting, me just having an earthly desire for something different than what God wants for me. That must be wrong, so we shouldn't even do that. Well, that clearly is not true. That story, that story illustrates that point. 
if we can have a sense of our own thoughts and our own desires, it's going to make it dramatically easier to hear God tell us, actually, this is the thing I want to see happen. This is the thing I'm calling you to do. This is the thing that I, that I want to bring into your life. But here's the other thing that happens about it, is when we're aware of the contrast between what we want just as people, which again, that's not, it's not sinful for you to have desires. You, you are supposed to have desires. When we're aware of the contrast between what we want and what God wants, we're able to have more of a conversation. Um, you know, part of what Jesus needed in that moment was strength. God, given, given that God was going to ask him to do something other than the thing he wanted, he needed God to strengthen him for, for that journey, for, for what laid ahead. And, and so it is for, for you and I. God, a lot, actually is going to say, I want to do something a bit different than the thing you have in mind. Given that you will need my strength in order to go after that thing, you, you will need me to sustain you. If we're not aware of the contrast, we're not really going to be aware of our need for strength either. Um, mm-hmm. If we're not aware of the contrast, we're not going to be aware of our need for wisdom. On Lord, why is this different? Why are you giving? Why is this better? Why is the thing you have in mind? I mean, I know it is because it's what you want, but why is it better? Help, help me understand. We kind of by skipping trying to be in touch with our own thoughts and desires, we wind up cheating ourselves out of the strength God wants for us, and the wisdom God wants for us, and the deeper relationship that God wants for us. But here's the one more thing. I think. This is my own personal experience, but I I encourage you to put it to the test. I bet you'll find it to be true for you as well. If you'll tell God about the things that you want, I think you'll find in the long term, God will honor far more of those desires than you would Mm. expect. Far more of them. Not necessarily in the ways that you had in mind, but God, in my experience, and I think you'll find it to be true, God cares about your desires, and if you're following him, he will find ways to honor those desires. And that should mean something to you because that's that's God communicating love to you. But you miss out on all of that love and that intimacy if you're not clear on what you cared about to begin with. Let me let me say that again because it's it's really really important. If you suppose or use purely earthly uh, example, suppose you're 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 getting married and your 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 bride to be always wanted um, you know, a, a, a special kind of diamond ring, and neither of you make very much money, and um, it's just, before we get married, there's absolutely no way we could possibly do that. There's just, it, it is just, you know, so it's just going to be a simple, you know, little, you know, sterling silver band, and we're going to get married like that. And then 20 years later, the dude finds a way with a thing, and it's, a, it's secondhand through an antique store and whatnot, and it's not exactly the thing, but it's, it's the kind of, of diamond thing that she always wanted. There's, there's a gesture there of, I remember what mattered to you. And I, and, and here's a gesture of my love for you. At that point, it's not about the thing at all. It's just, a, I remember all this time, the thing that you cared about. And I just want you to know that, that I always remember that. If the bride had never articulated to her husband that she cared about this, he can't do that. We can't right. have this romantic, amazing, beautiful gesture where there's tears and, and everybody is, is, is deeply moving and wonderful. God wants to have that kind of intimacy with you. But we cheat that, we, we don't allow that intimacy to happen when we cheat that process of being clear about what our desires are, even though we want to submit those desires to Him. I think it's a really, really sharp point. I think part of what uh, Judge pointing to there, you may listen to that and part of you hear, well, <clears throat> actually, God could 
knows what we want, so it could give that to us without us asking. That's not really the, the point there, because part of this is understanding what you, uh, you understanding yeah. right. what you want. This is, this is, again, this is not about putting limits on what God can or can't do, because God is communicating with you. This all, pretty much all this is going to come in on our end. So that's where those tweaks and changes in attitude are going to come. And to that, to that point, Glenn, um, when we talk about this in our staff meetings or just kind of conversation you and I have about it, um, you, you bring up this idea of a tuning fork. Mm. And that's an idea of there's a lot of n- noises coming in, and we need to, more mm. than trying to turn up the volume on one, we need to be able to, it starts with differentiating what is what. Can you walk through that a little bit? For sure. Uh, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And what he means by that is not just that they hear him, but they they recognize the sound of his voice, the mm-hmm. tone that uh, that that you know one person's voice sounds different from another person, and uh, the sheep won't follow somebody else because the sound of their voice is different. So part of what he's saying is there are things that I would say to you that are you ought to be able to recognize this coming from me because it's in keeping with my character. The voice that's saying you need to do more because you're a jerk and you're not doing enough and you need to straighten up, fly right, tithe, eat plenty of roughage. Maybe tithe again. (laughs) That voice is not God's voice because that's not God's character. All Mm -hmm. that condemnation is the enemy. The enemy is the accuser. That's what that's what Satan's name means, the accuser. If you have a voice in your head that's accusing you, you can you can nail that down where that's coming from. Uh so I you know one of the first questions I ask people when they ask me about listening to the Lord, I say, "Well, can you hear the enemy? Do you do you hear those thoughts of temptation and self-condemnation and all that?" Oh well, yeah, loud and clear. I can I can pick it out. You know, is is very strong. Okay, well then, in what universe is the Lord speaking to you in a way that's not as obvious? You know, why why would that not voice not be coming through? I think the reality is that voice is coming through. Yeah, uh, it's just here's the thing: uh, it, it, we need to be we need to be generous with people on this. We need to give people a big fat break on this because here's here's the problem that we're struggling with. When it comes to your relationship with God, what what you want is certainty. Mm. And the thing about relationships is there's no certainty in them. Yeah, that's just not how relationships work. It's not math here. You know, what I mean, uh, you this person that you're marrying, you have no way of proving that they love you. There's no such thing as a scientific uh, uh, certainty that that they, that you are that this person loves you and isn't uh, uh, going to mess up your life or whatever it is. You have tons of evidence that makes it an extremely likely thing that this person both loves you and has has your good uh, and, and a good intent towards you and all of that. But you take a leap of faith in relationships. That's how relationships work. Similarly, when we're talking about listening to the Lord, we're not talking about living in a world of certainty. And as as these other brothers are pointing out, I am I'm hearing the Lord uh through the world of my mind. 
Mm. So I, I, I'm body, mind, and spirit. So it's a three-layer cake, right? So I'm not hearing God. This is a very sophisticated analogy mm-hmm. I'm giving you here. I'm not hearing an audible voice. I'm hearing a, a voice in the soup of my thoughts. Yes. The more as, as these other brothers are pointing out, the more soupy, uh, more chunky. If you got a chunky soup, everybody stay with me. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going from cake to soup. Just stick with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Say that podcast brought to you by Campbell. <laughs> That's right. But the 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 more the the soup of your mind is all got a lot of stuff in it. It's, you can't see through it very well. You're not you're not getting a lot of clear communication. The Lord's trying to get through to us, but we've got a lot of our own thoughts, our own hangups and fears and worries and prejudices and uh, a, a lot of things that uh, are part of our daily life to just kind of clog all that out. I need to clear those things out in order to hear things uh, on a, a more and more clear basis. But again. There is an uncertainty to that. There is a measure of, I'm, I'm, I feel strongly like the Lord is telling me this, but I do need to go to Scripture and, and make sure that lines up. I do need to talk to wise counsel and make sure that, that that word is being applied to my life in a good way and that that lines up with what I'm hearing in prayer. So we want those checks and balances. And finally, I would say, uh, if you're talking about listening to the Lord, it's much more important to keep that simple. You you think well, prayer ought to start with what's the most important thing, but the the most important thing is probably going to be the thing you have the most emotions about. Therefore, it's going to be harder to clear the decks in order to hear something clear on that. Uh, it's actually better if you're talking about listening uh, to start small. It's it's good to to say, Lord, this is big giant thing I'm I'm overwhelmed by. I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to ask you to give me a piece about it. Let me let me start on this other end and work my way towards that. Here's a small thing that's kind of just nagging me, and I just need to get it out of the way. And I don't have a lot of opinions about it. It's just bugging me. Should I deal with that today or should I deal with it tomorrow? Simple yes or no. Simple binary kind of situation. So much easier to hear an answer on that because it's a, a much less complicated situation. Uh, the more I get the reps in on that, as, as Lee was talking about, by choosing a, a more simple means of communication, the, the more I learn to tune into that voice, the more I learn to get acclimated to the sound of that voice, the more I get into Scripture, the more I understand about God's character, and I can right. hear his voice in the soup of my thoughts more clear. I can pick it out yeah. uh, so much easier. And I think that's a big key to listening. I think it is a big key. One of the things all these guys are pointing to, which it goes very, uh, we, we, we've mentioned on the show before that listening to the Lord is a topic that goes woefully untalked about in Christian culture in general. Yeah. But even within that, I think the idea of that being a skill set which you can develop, which it super is, but that sounds weird, yeah. admittedly. Um, and I think one of the things these guys are talking about is you, you have to div- divorce the concept of listening to the Lord from this idea of it being a super holy thing, which you unlock. Right. right. And once you understand kind of how this works, and as we pointed out, God speaks to everybody. The Holy Spirit works yes. to everybody. The Bible is very clear about that. Yes. And everybody hears it. Absolutely. Whether, whether you know that's what you're listening to or not. We, we I, I won't get into too many specifics about this because we, we protect identities with the folks we work with. But um, there was a, a guy who's been coming to the bridge who recently shared that he was, he had just felt that he should... He needed to get out of the place he was in, which was a different state, 
for good reasons, good legally actionable reasons. <laughs> and he felt he should go to Chicago and he got off the, the bus or the train in downtown Chicago, never been there before, didn't know anybody, and thought, well, this is as much plan as I had. I'm a little stuck now. And he felt a tug on his heart that said, go to this fast food restaurant. And he knew that there was one there. He walked to it, and he met a guy who we know who works in a shelter who got him hooked up. That's, I don't have enough faith to believe in that being coincidence. Right. Now, was this guy, a? Had he lived a righteous and holy life and uh, pursued <laughs> with a pure heart the wisdom that the Lord had for him up to this moment? No. Right. <laughs> I'm comfortable in saying no. Right. But in that moment, as Glenn pointed out, he was tuned in. Right. And that's all this stuff we think about. And the, I think scripture is a really good example that, that Glenn used. You don't read a bunch of Bible so that you become holier so that God wants to talk to you. But knowing scripture, having a proper understanding of the theology of the character of God that comes through in scripture will help you tune in to what you are hearing. But it's not, it's not a leveling up. It's not a making the grade. No, As these are right. saying, it's an experience thing. It's a walking through some things thing. And that, that is as available to you listening as it is to us, as it is to mm-hmm. whoever your, your uh, idea of a holy person is, which probably isn't us, and that's fine. And that's correct. We could be holy. You don't know. We cannot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have mind. tried. We have failed. That's <laughs> why we're doing this. Yeah. But again, that idea of I ha- if you, if, it's, it's a weird dichotomy because you're not going to do things that make God speak louder to you, but you can do things that will increase your ability to hear, which is, is a little different thing, but that's a very important difference. And it's one you can start acting on, which is a very, very cool step. All right, jump to our next question here. It comes in anonymously and it says, so the news is full of Christians saying and doing really awful things. Yep. That makes me angry, which I think is warranted. But I feel that anger bleeding over into the way I feel about church and God himself. How do I deal with that? And Jed, would you kick us off here? I sure can. Well, I can relate. I, I Really? Yeah, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, I, I have an answer for you. It is not a fun answer because it is not the answer that is emotionally resonant. Um, so, because... Uh, Here's the thing, like if, if somebody punches you, the answer to emotional resonance will punch you back. Give them a taste of their own medicine. This is this is not that. So I, I apologize in advance for it because, you know, it's it's like that. Here's the answer. Go help someone. Mm-hmm. Find a person who is hurting. Go help them. Preferably in a very practical, physical way. That could be ladling soup at a homeless shelter. That could be swinging a hammer. Now, now you mean non-metaphorical soup, right? I mean literal okay, soup. Okay, we're moving to the literal place of soup. Okay. Literal soup at a literal <laughs> homeless shelter. Swing a literal hammer at a Habitat for Humanity. Mow the actual grass for an old lady whose uh, husband has passed away. This is the key thing. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Then, see how you feel about all this. I can give you a preview of, of how you will feel. The preview is better. <laughs> right. You will feel better. Very descriptive, Jed. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, I, I used He's a to, real wordsmith. Used to work in pharma in their ad copy division. <laughs> yeah. 
you will feel better. And part of the reason you will feel better is you'll be reminded that all of that awfulness that, you know, you're either, you know, reading on CNN or seeing on TV has nothing to do with Christianity. It just right. doesn't have yeah. anything to do with That's it. That's right. And that God's kingdom has a funny way of continuing to move forward, even as uh, loudmouthed people are loudmouthed, um, and even as corrupt people are corrupt, and even as um, awful people are awful. God's kingdom has a way of just keeping on moving. And the way that it moves forward is little acts of mercy, um, ladling that soup, swinging that hammer, mowing that grass. God is inviting you to be a part of that work. And Amen. part of part of what is so tempting about all the awfulness is you're tempted to feel the awfulness makes you feel powerless because it's it's terrible and you're tempted to feel like you know what if i got in there if i got good and mad i could i could be powerful i could do something about it that's always the seduction of anger is the illusion of power that's that's why anger's so addictive you lose your temper yes there are consequences later but for 30 magical seconds you are king kong and right. life is great right. jed i feel like you just described the success of a cable television network whose name i can't immediately recall is it like wolf media sounds about right something like that yeah i don't think it's quite the right animal i can't think of what else power of anger yeah Yeah. (laughs) but the thing of course here's you know sin always disappoints sin always promises what it can't deliver anger will not make you powerful because it cannot make you powerful that's right real power is found in helping people yep it's found in ladling soup. It's found in swinging a hammer. It's found in mowing a lawn. That's where actual power, that's where the power of God is found. And the thing about it, it may not seem like it, that's what changes the world. That's what actually makes the world a better place. And coincidentally, it really is the thing that will make you feel better. Right. Now to to what I said at the beginning, I know that's not the answer that any of sure. us want to hear. Because right. that's terrible. Right. Don't tell me to go mow grass. Have you seen the news? <laughs> I, right. I hear you. I, I feel the... I'm outraged. I'm outraged. That's just how I start now. Right. <laughs> but it's this is the thing that will not only help you, this is the thing that will help other people. This is the thing that will move God's kingdom forward. Go help somebody. It's a, real, it's a fantastic point. And Glenn, I think to pick up there, one of the things Jed is, is pointing us to is that there's a... One of the things you're angry about, one of the things you're probably angry about, if you're like us, is that people are saying awful things, like aggressively, just take Christianity about just immorally mean and nasty things, and that Mm -hmm. just takes a toll on you to to read that. But I think one of the other things people are looking at is, well, I'm Christian, and these people are killing my brand here. Right. I'm trying to live in the world as a non-jerk face person who like does the Jesus thing, and the main Jesus people... Are out there being awful. Yeah. So that's killing me. But I think that's a bit of a false construct. Yes. And we can let go of it instead of fix it. That's absolutely right. I first and foremost, I I get I'm out in the world more I think than most Christians are in terms of I'm um, in secular um, media environments more than most Christians are, and part of that interaction is you're you're dealing with a lot of people who are talking about your image and your brand and what is it that you do and how do other people perceive you and that's a that's part of what's uh, the interaction that you're having with those uh, secular media folks and the thing is those people have never seen me as being part of 
some of this jerky type yeah, right. st- stuff that goes on in the same religion. They see me as utterly alien and disconnected from that. So I don't worry. I, I've had the, enough of those experiences where I don't worry that I'll be perceived that way because uh, I'm not. You know, it just hasn't yeah. worked out that way. Here's what here's here's um here here's the equation. Okay, all Christians, all Christians are a little bit of a jerk because they're human. Mm. Human beings are jerks. But, right. but I've read so many books. Haven't yeah. I leveled out of that a little bit? No, that, that might make you more of a jerk, <laughs> uh, especially if you're talking about it. So that's... But this is the thing. We're, what I mean is we're imperfect. Humans are imperfect. When you, when you act imperfect, you kind of come off like a jerk. Yeah. That's how that goes. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm a terrible witness from time to time uh, in what I do and say I'm not a perfect person. I'm nowhere near it. Uh, I don't have the energy to act as normal and straight and well-behaved as most of the people listening to this podcast. <laughs> you you pretend to be way straighter than I pretend to be. So you, <laughs> I'm sure you come off as, as much less of a jerk than I do. Uh, so I don't have the right to judge anybody. But my point is all Christians are jerks on that, on that basis B- because they're human. Here's the part you're really going to love. On that basis, God's not a Christian. Ah! Because he's not a person. Yeah. So that's the beautiful part. God's God. You see what I'm saying? But, and, but God is reformed, right? Yeah, no. I need this <laughs> one. No, no. Uh, God isn't on your thing. You're either on his thing or you're not. And some of you think you are, and you definitely are not. And Swing and a miss. And all of that, and I mean 100% of that, is between you and him. Don't put me in that. Don't lump me in with you. <laughs> don't, don't get me to referee it. Don't, get, don't, don't expect me to testify on your behalf. I'm going to be dealing with my own issues on that day. But what I'm trying to tell you is God's not Christian. God's not Christian. Also, here's another thing. A, a, a Christian uh, is not a thing. Hmm. It doesn't exist. It's just a name. You just give a name to a thing. There's no such thing as a Lutheran. You just made that up. That's, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist in, in the world. It's just an idea. And the, uh, when we get to thinking that this word puts me on one team with these other people and then whatever they say and do is applies to me that's where we start to 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 go awry i need to be conscious of who i associate with i need to be conscious of uh you know what those things say uh, uh to to my witness and so forth but what that means on a funny level is i should have more to do with people who are actively sinning and who are not Christian, Amen. Than to do with people who call themselves Christian and are sinning and are not having any uh, uh, conviction about that. So, uh, the, what the Bible says is that that we should not even eat with that kind of person. Uh, again, that's a, a person who's a cultural. Uh, religious person, cultural Christian, religious, religiously following that, but their life isn't connected to God in that sense, and they're not following God in that sense. It's hard for me to figure out who those people are, because everybody kind of seems like uh, they don't, you know, they don't get it like I do. 
I, I think I get it, and everybody else is just, uh, you know, I, whatever. But I have to, there's a, there's a point where I have to recognize for myself that my relationship with God is outside of all this. I, I have my relationship with God. I have an inner circle of, of close friends that, are, that, are, that get me and understand me, and they don't judge me, and they encourage me and all that. I have my tribe. I have the people that I hang out with, that I worship with, that, I, that that's, those are my people. Then, then there's just sort of everybody else on that further out concentric circle, and it just doesn't have anything to do with me. And I, I think you have to give yourself freedom to find your tribe Amen. within that. That's a really, really great point. And Lee, I think there's another uh, ingredient here, and Glenn and Jed both make good points about what, what to tune out and what to tune in. And one of these things is uh, when these particular type of, let's be charitable and say Christians, are driving you nuts, there are some things you need to, to focus on to stop that from happening. Part of that certainly is what you do. Part of that is who you have. But this, this is actually a part where the Bible comes in and can be a huge help, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I want to harken back to something that Glenn was talking about in the first question. In learning to hear the voice of the Lord, he was saying, you know, when you when you know somebody really well, you know their character well enough to know their tone of voice. So you can tell by the way somebody says something, you can kind of tell what they mean by that if you're close enough friends. Well, uh, here again, with, with this same question, when we look at, you know, the, uh, you know, what Christians, you know, quote unquote Christians are doing in the media and awful stuff that people are saying and stuff like that. And we can tell that that is off tonally. That has nothing to do with, uh, with, with who we know Jesus to be. And that's why the scriptures are so cool. When we go back to the scriptures, not only are we learning the character of Jesus so that we can tell his tone of voice, but what we're finding there is we're finding a person who has nothing to do with this garbage that is being uh, misrepresented in our faces every day. So that when you when you look at Jesus in the scriptures, it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing to see him saying, here's what the deal is. The, the people who get to decide who are my people are the outsiders, okay? They will know that you are Christians, and then they get to decide, and their metric is going to be if you love them. That's what Jesus right. said. Every yep. the you don't get to say that you're the biggest Christian out there. They get to say it. The outsiders yep. get to make the call. This is what Jesus said. This was the standard. Yep. The outsiders get to make the call, and the metric is how well you love people. Period. The end. That's what he said the last night he was on this planet. And then a little while before that, he said, "Here's what I want you to do. I want you to feed hungry people. I want you to love uh, immigrants." I want you to visit people in prison. I want you to, and I want you to care for sick folk. That's what I want you to do. Feed people, care for people, love people, visit people. This is what this religion is. This religion is about serving and caring and giving yourself. Uh, you, you, you read the scriptures, you find that Jesus who was a friend of sinners. Like, like Glenn said, we want to be spending our time with people on the outside, people who need hope, people who need some good news. And then you find uh, the apostles, the, the apostles talking about, um, I want to glory in my weakness. If I don't have love, I am nothing. It doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what I do. When you go back to the scriptures, you find this refreshing um, 
you find this refreshing music that is that harmonizes with your heart as somebody that loves Jesus, that this is, okay, no matter what the, the noise is outside, this is the tone. This is the heart. This is the heartbeat of this thing. This is why I'm a part of this. You find Jesus, okay? And all of this other stuff doesn't harmonize with that. And so you find this resonance when you go back to him and you go back to these these apostles and stuff like that, and you find that heartbeat that you're looking for, that it's about love and serving people and and being honest about your weaknesses and learning uh, learning how to, to walk in that way. And so that's where the Bible can really, really help us because it's a centering, it's a centering thing to go back and find the tone of voice and the heart of the real Jesus. That is all really fantastic. I, I absolutely agree with everything Lee said there. And it does exactly kind of jive in w- with what these other guys were saying of when the, the kind of the cultural Christianity, the, the political thing is driving you nuts. Um, part of the, the trick there is not to let, as we were talking in the, in the listening question, kind of the noise in that get mixed in with this is, this means I don't like Christian stuff. Because as Glenn pointed out, what you're hearing has nothing to do with Christian stuff. It has it has a, a thin veil of that on it, but to go back to those source documents, to go kind of back to the heart of the matters is really a great way to hit reset, as all these guys have pointed out. Move on to our final question here. It comes in anonymously that says, how do I get the courage and desire to preach the gospel with conviction? I know this sounds stupid, but until now, I've never been able to go up to someone and tell them about the love of Christ. And Glenn, why don't you start us off? Well, I, I don't think that sounds stupid. Uh, I, I I don't think you're... Uh, concerns or, or your your worries and self condemnation are in the right place. I, I, I think we've, mm-hmm. we we have uh, sort of a wrong take on this. But I I see your point uh, that you know t- telling someone about the love of Christ shouldn't feel weird, scary, and uncomfortable. So there you know uh, I, I I get that, but it's also hard to know when to jump in. I think that's yeah. a that's reasonable. That's fair. Uh, I I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, if you hung out with me, you would find uh, that I'm way more comfortable with that. But I've also done it about a zillion times, <laughs> yeah. and I also and you would pick up on this right away. I don't care what I don't care. Yeah, you know, if, if you like it, you don't like it. But here it comes. Uh, you'd also pick up on the fact that that I know how to be comfortable with it, and I think that's the the main thing I would ask you about. You is are you forget about the gospel part just for a second? Are you comfortable talking about the stuff that you're into mm. that just that you like in life? Uh, so uh, so for example, you're you're into the Doctor Who. You know, there's there's a certain type of person that's into the Doctor Who, and uh, cool people, right? Say that. Uh, so if you're if you're not around someone that you think might be into Doctor Who, maybe you're a little guarded about that. Sure. Maybe you're you you know you're you're hanging back. Uh, if you uh, if you're into some weird kind of music, you're you're into like really scary hard metal. And you're in an office environment. You're not sure if people might think there's something wrong with you if you you, you talk about that. You understand? Hey, you guys into bleeding cadaver? They're pretty <laughs> right. awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of thing where they might they might take a different. <laughs> Just play that. Uh, 
but if you're not comfortable being into what you're into, I think that's the first thing I'd look at. It, mm. it, I know you're looking for a hairy spiritual depravity or something like that to solve, but I think that's actually probably your main problem is just being comfortable being into what you're into and not judging yourself on that. I'm into yeah. bleeding cadaver. That's just what I'm into. Uh, I don't know what sort of weird stuff is in your internet search history, so don't be judging on me. I like <laughs> m- music where everyone screams like the cookie monster. That's just me. But I, I pay my taxes and I cut my grass when it gets long, so just easy. You see what I'm saying? If you can be comfortable being you and celebrating the stuff that you're into, then you're going to uh, be uh, able to talk about that. Uh, I think it's about finding that comfort and then letting that flow naturally. So, for example, uh, you know, per this, uh, some of these other questions we had on uh, witnessing and talking about the Lord and and sort of our, our image in the world and so forth, I recently had uh, lunch with a, a, a very, very dear friend of mine that I've known for years and years and years and years, uh, grew up with him, and he would describe himself as an atheist. If he even is, he's the worst atheist you've ever <laughs> dealt with. It's doesn't really have the follow-through. I, I'm thinking of reporting him to whatever the atheist... <laughs> the uh, Atheist League. Yeah, and because he sucks at it. He's always encouraging me. Uh, he, he thinks what we do with our ministry is great. So I'm pretty sure he's disqualified on a, on a lot of points. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm asking him, what are you into? And he's talking about re- restoring houses. He's he's gotten into that. He really loves doing that. It's, it's sort of a become an avocational thing for him uh, to to you know buy houses and fix them up and then and then rent them to, to people and uh, uh, you know have homes and stuff. That's that's a big part of what he's into. Uh, but then he wants to know what am I into? And I said, well, you know, uh, here's one of the things that's going on with our ministry. Uh, we've started working with women a bit more, and here's how that works. And we go to the, a residential drug rehab facility, and we start by just doing like some arts and crafts kind of thing that allow us to get into conversations where we're talking about things back and forth. And um, out of that naturally flows, they're, they're talking about their struggles, and sometimes we're praying for them. But mostly what we're trying to do is tell them that God loves them, that that they aren't outside of his love and that they're not beyond his forgiveness and that he accepts them, receives them, and, and wants to lead them to a better life. I've just presented the gospel to my atheist friend by talking right. about what we're into. <laughs> yep. It's that simple. And I'm just talking about what's actually going on. I, I'm not trying to set up a whammy. That's, that's the way I would describe it to anybody I'm talking to. Right. By, simply by talking about... That, and you could do the same thing if you've read a book recently that you thought was cool, and this is what the book said. If it's you heard a cool sermon for you went to a, a short-term missions, whatever it is, be comfortable talking about what you're into. That's a really cool point. And I'd uh, love to, to get you to pick us up there. I think there's another thing that's going on here, um, which is, as, as Glenn points out, to, to look at this as kind of a, a rush-to-the-finish thing is is maybe the, the wrong way to look at it. I think the other part of the it kind of ties back to that previous question we are talking about of, misunderstanding what success is um there good good evangelism is not necessarily fast evangelism yeah this idea that i'll know i'm I'm good and comfortable with this when i could jump right to the jesus thing as opposed to reading from my opening maybe where we're getting some confusion here right 
Yeah, I mean, and I love the stuff that that Glenn mentioned. You got to also realize, as Glenn's saying, he's done this a trillion times. You're talking about somebody that's been in full time ministry for a long, long time, many, many years, and so you kind of got to work up to that thing. And 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 I'll say this: if it if it makes you feel any better, the idea of going up to someone and just starting sharing the gospel with them. I don't do that. Like that's, Me neither. That's, that's not the way we do our ministry. That's not the way we do our work. Um, what the kind of evangelism that I do takes a long, long time. I mean, in order for you to see kind of what's happening, you'd it, it'd be like you know when you when I was a kid, there was a show on PBS called Mister Wizard and stuff. They they would have like a he'd have like a time lapse photo of like a plant coming out of the ground, and it was a you could watch you know a flower coming out of the dirt, you know, and it was like it was you know it took took like uh, 30 seconds or something, but that didn't take 30 seconds. It took, it took weeks of days elapsing and stuff like that. And that's that's kind of the way that we do this. We play a long game of, of taking a long time to get to know someone and to, to to slowly build a friendship and build up trust and and learn to hang out together and learn how to have conversations. And, and the cool thing that happens as you do that is... The thing I know for me is I know that the good news of Jesus is the news that I needed in my life. I know it's that Jesus has rescued me, that I needed to be rescued from specific things and in specific ways. The more I get to know somebody, the more I earn the right to be heard in somebody's life that I want to share the gospel of Jesus with, the more I get to know them, the more I start to become convinced that Jesus is the answer for them as well. Because I'm learning the specific things about their life that they need to be rescued from, if that makes sense. So the more that we hang out, the more that we play this long game of of building an actual friendship, laying a foundation of mutual trust and respect and all that kind of stuff, and the more specifics I learn about their life, the more I actually become convinced you need Jesus, man. And then at some point, this conversation is going to open up, and I've got specific reasons that I can say, this is an area you need hope in, and this is what Jesus has to say to that thing that you are specifically going through. It's kind of like what Glenn was saying with, you know, I'm just talking about my ministry, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm preaching the gospel. Well, we're just talking about your life, and you're sharing your struggles with me, you're sharing your hopes and dreams and stuff like that, and then now I know how to specifically speak to that area of life where you need to be rescued because I actually know you. This is the kind of thing that it takes a long time to develop. It takes a long time to understand somebody in that way. It takes a long time to earn the place to be able to to have a platform to speak into this is the rescue or this is the news or this is the hope that you've been looking for. That's the kind of thing that takes a long time, but that's the way we do that work. Um, we, we, we pour... We, we pour time into listening. We pour time into just hanging out, not having any kind of spiritual conversation whatsoever, watching movies together, eating cheeseburgers together, that kind of stuff. Over time, you develop that relationship. And then when the time is right, you understand, not only am I going to share the good news with you, I know why you need this so much. I've convinced myself, and now I'm ready to convince you. That is all fantastic stuff. And Joe, I'd love to get you to close us out here, maybe by exploring a little more of that. And let's let's look at, because I think, Lee gave us the uh, really great practical stuff on that as far as um, taking it at whatever pace it comes, looking for 
the way to, to, to serve people like that. And let, let's tie that back into the listening aspect we've been looking for. What does that look like on the God side? Because I have mm. a feeling a lot of people think, and our, per- and our friend in question mentions it, you know, the courage and desire looking for uh, what I want from God is the, the, the surge of uh, enthusiasm and courage to just go do it now. Yes. Maybe that's not the right thing to be looking for from God in this situation. I agree with you. Here's what I would encourage you to look for. Here's what I encourage you to ask God for is a burden of love for the people in yeah. your life. Yeah. To put to put it another way, ask God to help you feel a tiny little bit the kind of love and compassion for these people that he feels for them. Yeah. To place the yeah. a, a, a tiny tiny little drop of the love he has inside of you so that you can experience that and act out of that. Here's the funny thing. If you receive a burden of love from the Lord for these other people, you'd be hard-pressed to screw it up at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be, you can, but it would be pretty hard. If you're coming from a place of love, man, it's almost like love covers over a multitude of sins. Huh. That's good. Huh. Yeah, I just came up with that. So you're welcome. We should write that in a book. Yeah. Patent pending. Go to the Lord, ask him to give you that burden of love for the people in your life. And then to build on everything that you've heard, which has been awesome, the the one thing that Matt said just a minute ago that I would add to it is look for ways to serve the people in your life. Mm. You want to be a friend to them. You want to be a comrade to them. You also want to be a servant to them because that's that's what love does. That's what God's love does. God's love serves. And... That most of that honestly will not be spiritual at all in any way, shape, or form. If you've got a friend who plays in a band, go to his show. Right. It will be awful. It will be at a terrible bar. It will be at an inconvenient time. Go to his show. Yeah. That's that's how you serve that dude in love. You've you've got a friend who's in a drama troupe and her troupe is putting on an avant-garde uh, partially improvised exploration. It's going to stink on ice. It's it's Chekhov's Uncle Vanya but reimagined <laughs> through the lens of a 21st century dystopia. Yeah. Go and sit in the front row. Got to go. You got you got to be there. Yep. That's that's the whole thing. You look for ways to serve people. In other words, ask what is important to them. What are their felt needs? What are the things that matter to them? And then you do something to support them, and you and you keep on doing that. You will stand out like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, there aren't many people in this world that are willing to be pleasant. It's it's a sad truth, <laughs> but there there really aren't. There are almost none who are willing to be servants. Right. There are ten times the number of people who are willing to be pleasant as there are the number of people who are willing to serve. If right. you get that heart of love from the Lord and you put it into action by being a servant to the things that matter to them, serving them in love, you will have given them more witness than you could possibly imagine without ever have gotten to the point of opening your mouth. Um, and the Lord will guide you on when the right time to do that is as well. It's a great point. One last thing I'll throw in here before we, before we uh, leave it off is going back to Glenn's analogy of how, how do you deal with stuff that's not spiritual that, you know, you're on the same thing about. And, uh, so uh, there's a couple things on that. Let's say you're, you're super into Batman and, uh, you, you just want to talk about it. You want to talk about the Grant Morrison run. Do you want to talk about everything you think Christopher Nolan did wrong? You just super into the Batman stuff. That's cool. You're not going to cost your coworkers with that from zero. Right. Maybe you, you see Jim at the job and he's got, you know, a, a bat symbol keychain. So you start with, oh, you like Batman? Yeah. What do you do? Movies or comic books? And the ease into that. Another way you can go with that is you can wear your Batman t-shirt. Right. And see if anyone's interested. Right. Um, 
the Christian version of that, as Jed is pointing out, is you got to go around loving people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, in John 13, Jesus says, but everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And put a little fishy thing on the back of your car. Nope, no fishy thing. Oh. <laughs> you, you offer to drive for lunch, and when they get in your car, it's K-Love on the radio. That's No, that's know. the opposite of loving someone. That's punishment. That's <laughs> inflicting pain on someone. But um, so there are ways you, you can put it, you can uh, both read the situation, which you want some wisdom on that, and there are some ways in which you can kind of uh, put it out there a little bit as well. But again, that, that's, and that's the kind of stuff we do that's, you know, Sometimes we're in explicit ministry environments. If we go to a, if we are throwing a chapel service in the jail and the guy comes to the chapel service, it is, it is our, our mind fair game to talk to him about Jesus. Right. But if we're in just kind of a social situation, we may bring up what we do or we may, you know, we need somebody to go run and get the ice. Oh, well, I'm happy to do that or take the worst parking spot at the, at the meeting or whatever. People notice that stuff. And when they're ready for it, they'll come to you. You know, that is just, just as much about courage and conviction to actually have that trust in God that he's going to bring something into that and just look for your part. That's what real conviction looks like. That's what we want for you. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast, gmail.com, the bridgechicago.tumblr.com or take out the song. I'm talking about listening to the Lord. Talk about that still small voice. It just so happens we have a song called still small voice by our friends, Pete right. and Tasha Lawson. Take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. To say that podcast, we earnestly welcome everyone, including people who are into scary heavy metal, low quality atheism, and social media burnouts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more hungry than I can feed. More lonely than I can meet. Too much that's wrong. If I put it in the song, it would be too long. I'm more success than I can achieve. I'm more that I can please One man can't take it I know I can't fake it God, how do I make it? Everybody's screaming Everybody's screaming So much need around me Though I wanna fix it Gotta find a still small
screaming. Everybody's screaming. 